And this is Sermunition Sunday, number 37. Meditations intended to equip the church militant for spiritual warfare. And I am the warrior priest, Donovan Riley. In the name of Jesus, amen. How does one get dead people to worship God? How does one get dead people to give God his due, especially when they delude themselves that they are alive and that they are going places? What would bring them in? What would church them, as we say today? What, after all, do the dead like to do? We tend toward activities in church, like teaching people, influencing them, opening up their imaginations, encouraging them, discipling them, shepherding them, dialoguing, communicating, inspiring, even uniting them into one mystic communion with God. But what is really relevant, what is truly beneficial to the dead, is resurrection. If a resurrection could be done, you would think it would be appealing, at least to the dead. If people were not able to worship God because they were dead, and so as a consequence did not have a future, and all the while were blind to their slavery because of Satan, then what they would really need on any given Sunday or any holy day for that matter would be resurrection from the dead. But who or what can do this? For this specific purpose, God sends you a preacher. God's preacher announces two words. You are dead by God's judgment and arise on account of Christ's forgiveness. These words are the only thing that make anything in this old dying world holy. God's words of death and new life fulfill the third commandment to remember the Sabbath day, to keep it holy, because God's words of death and new life in Christ make faith where there was none. You see, God's words are real, just as real as the preacher that he sends to declare them to you. They are not ideas that invite you to give them meaning. They are not a metaphor used to describe something else. Unlike our words, which are usually quite impotent, God's words end the old life and create someone new. The difference between what is old and new is faith that trusts the words given for you by the preacher. This faith is a free gift given by God apart from your obedience to his commands. Such faith alone justifies and satisfies God. This alone gives God his due. But this also means that true worship makes you and the Sabbath holy simply by the words of Christ spoken while you are an ungodly dead thing. True worship is not making Jesus into what you want him to be, For you, whether it's a future-telling prophet or an earthly king. Likewise, then, a true worship leader is no more and no less than a preacher sent by the Holy Spirit making plain who you are in the proclamation of Christ's death on the cross. A radically new announcement has been sent for you to you. Arise on account of Christ. The resurrection occurred. There is no hiding it. There is also no hiding the divine will involved in carrying out this purpose. 
That's why Peter taught us to preach. You killed him. The father raised him. Worship does not involve future telling, earthly power, or even making sure that everyone is satisfied. Instead, Jesus says something new to his betrayers. You are dead by God's judgment. And now arise on account of my forgiveness. What you need more than anything is a resurrection. And this is done for you through the announcement that your sin of rebellion against the Creator in the killing of the Son is forgiven. The Heavenly Father no longer recalls it to memory. And so, to the great dismay of you, this makes Christian worship repetitive. So repetitive, almost without end. Because worship's greatest temptation is the satisfaction of the masses, whose voices say, demand even, we have done this before. Couldn't we do something else? Christian worship has been, is, and always will be for the forgiveness of sin that you need day in and day out for your vocations in life. Otherwise, the daily work undertaken to procure your daily bread becomes sheer slavery that carries the weight of knowing that it will never be enough. Eventually, it will even kill you. So you don't need encouragement. You don't need inspiration or some kind of mystical communion with God, whatever the hell that means. You need forgiveness so that you can be raised from the dead every day. True worship is for the justification of the ungodly day in and day out. It does this by God sending you a preacher to proclaim his words of law and gospel to you, for you. By a preacher, you who are dead are cured of your blindness and raised up to new life. And more than that, God has seen to it that these words are put in things so that faith has a specific, historical, personal, communal, concrete something to grab a hold of. He puts his words in something so that faith may not only hear, but grab a hold of something to believe in. So worship concerns giving the proclamation in what the Christian tradition has come to call word and sacrament. When you get preached by God, when you get preached by God through his word, when you get preached by God through his word and sacraments, you are set free. You are free from the big concerns of life. Law, judgment, sinning, slavery to your choices, false gods, Satan, even dying. But true freedom, well, that's only offered to you from the inside from where Jesus has chosen to make himself graspable by you. Freedom is created through the repeated public announcement of the gospel of Jesus Christ crucified for your sake. The only thing that matters in worship is the same thing that matters in life. The only thing that matters in life. God's word. What happens in worship is that God raises you anew while you are yet ungodly and dead. God's word is the whole thing and the only reason for worship. God's word does not need any help from you to be right or to be good or to be holy. 
But what God wants is for his word to come and be holy to you, for you, specifically, individually, and communally, here, now, today, and always. So God sends you a preacher in the power of the Holy Spirit to speak his words so that when you hear them and put them to use, you will never leave worship without fruit, without bearing fruit in your daily lives. Because God's words always awaken new understanding, new pleasure, a new life, new devotion to Christ as God and Savior. God's words constantly create clean hearts and clean minds because this word is not idle or dead. It is effective and living. And so I say to you again, in the name of Jesus Christ, you who are dead, arise. Receive the new life that is given to you in Christ. Because you are forgiven in the name of Jesus Christ, today and always. Amen.